Hi, everybody. This is Steve Sample. Uh, thanks for coming to our second episode of the Burnt Podcast. Uh, my name is Steve Sample. I'm an emergency physician in Jasper, Indiana. And I'm uh, Brandon Lawrence, an emergency physician in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, and we're super stoked to bring you this episode of, uh, of our podcast. Uh, in this podcast, we're going to be interviewing Jessica. Uh, and Jessica's got a great story uh, for 2020. Uh, as you know, our, the theme of our podcast is... Uh, how burnt America is in general. Uh, we talk about burnout in terms of uh, healthcare providers, um, and typically uh, we experience burnout as uh, as a manifestation of helplessness and and um, lack of control in our lives at work. Um, and in 2020, certainly the America and the entire world uh, got a little bit crispy burnt. Uh, so we're bringing you uh, really cool stories uh, that originated in 2020. So speaking of, we have all this stress going on at work and um, all the political climate stress. And let's tell the listeners a little bit what happened to you a week and a half, two weeks ago, what kind of put our whole podcast on hold. Um, if you want to talk about burnout, because I can't imagine having to kind of go through this whole thing that you did. Yeah, sure. So um, I, was, uh, I was at work uh, just a couple of weeks ago and... Um, and actually, that's not true. I wasn't at work. I woke up on my phone uh, to a to a uh, recall message. Uh, I am a member of the Kentucky National Guard, and they were doing a what was considered to be an exercise recall, basically, which means everybody check in with your supervisors. Um, we're testing our recall system, you know, just making sure that everybody is connected. Um, and uh, I was oblivious. I just said, "Yep, got this. I'm I'm good." Um, and then uh, went to work uh, later that day. And it never really occurred to me that we were just, um, you know, just a few days after the whole insurrection at the Capitol thing. Um, and I was lost in my own head like I usually am. Uh, and then some hours later, we got a formal recall uh, saying, hey, uh, you're being activated to go to the Capitol. And I went, shh. Shit. Like it never crossed my mind. You know, I am in a, <laughs> I'm in a unit uh, that specializes in chemical, biological, nuclear, mass casualty kind of stuff. You know, we carry army with us. Uh, we've got search and rescue. We've got uh, medics and we've got the medical detachment, which is uh, which is what I'm the critical care physician of. Uh, you know, and we train and we train and we train. Um, and when something really wacky went down it never even occurred to me that hey we could get called up or something like this so we had about uh, 36 hours notice to pack our bags um and uh come down uh to the base and get our get our equipment and get our asses to dc um my poor partners uh i'm in a small i'm in a small group uh at work we're a relatively small shop um and they had to swing and cover 70 or 80 hours of my shift with basically zero notice uh, for the week. Uh, so I'm uh, supremely grateful to them to uh, continue to allow me to, to serve uh, in that capacity. Uh, so yeah, we got to Louisville, uh, which is where we're based out of. And then we drove to Frankfort, Kentucky, um, which is where all of our gear is. And we got in a mini convoy and got on the road and went and set up shop in DC. 
Yeah, fortunately nothing happened, but man, you already have all this work stress going on and now you just have to pick up and go, hoping that your partners can can handle it and hoping your family doesn't freak out too much. It is it is super stressful. Um, yeah, and, and absolutely um, nothing happened. I was bored out of my mind, set on my ass uh, all week long and came home. Uh, but, you know, as an ER doc, I hate boredom. Uh, I went into emergency medicine because I hate boredom. I like to, to keep busy and, and to, you know, to use my skill set where it's required. Uh, though this is, one, this is one deployment where you really don't want to do what you're trained to do. Because if I had been called, you know, to use my particular skill set, shit would have well and truly hit the fan. Um, and we would have been at war with ourselves. So in the end, even though it was a very, very long eight or nine days that I was in the Capitol, um, I'm very glad that it was a very long eight or nine days. Uh, all right. So me and my four-year-old decided we're going to have a daddy-daughter vacation up north here because they got a lot of snow. She's never really been in the snow except when she was a baby. So she wanted to go sledding, wants to go skiing, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So we, we go for a ride. We had breakfast. And we decided we're going to go look for a, a nice snowy hill to, to, to climb up and sled down. So we drive, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes further north, east, northwest. I can't remember which direction now. But uh, the snow kind of around the cabin had all started to melt because it's more like 50 degrees here, where if you just went like 20, 20 minutes north or so, it's, it's all uh, more elevation and, and there's a lot more snow and, and hilly um, landscape. So we find one. It's kind of like at the intersection of two highways. There's like this pull off that has this big snowy hill area. Great. So we, we get out, we get about maybe a uh, 50 yards away from the car and we realize the snow is a lot deeper than it looks. So I'm carrying her and the snow keeps going like up to my knees every once in a while. And it's like a trek, right? It's not like just a little jaunt of a walk. And uh, we go up the hill, down the hill, maybe three times. And by then she's, she's like, okay, I'm done. I'm like, all right. A lot of work for, for three times up and down the hill. And we get back to the car and guess what's missing? Oh, the keys. The car keys. So the oh. car keys are gone. Jesus. The, the car is locked. The keys are gone. We have no cell phone service. We have no water. We have wet socks. And fortunately, we, we have you know plenty of layers. It's like you know, maybe 35, 40 degrees. Um, fortunately, it's sunny, not a ton of wind. And so obviously a little bit of panic sets in. I'm like, oh God, what am I going to do? And my kid is awesome. She's a really cool kid, but she's the kind of kid that you get 10 feet anywhere and is like, carry me, right? <laughs> so <laughs> you all, if you're in the snow, it's you got to carry her the whole way. So I trek back out there. We circle the whole hill. I follow our footsteps and there they, I try to set her on a, on a, a log just while I can just look and, and find these keys and they're just, they're gone. I think maybe if I didn't have her, I could have found it. But so we look maybe for an hour. I, I look at like my fitness monitor that attaches to the, um, the phone and it, it gave me essentially a four mile run of a workout. <laughs> and, uh, and, and finally I, I give up. I'm like, she's crying cause she, she's cold. My feet are soaking wet, and I, I'm like, all right, let's get back to the car. Maybe, fingers crossed, they just, like, fell out of my pocket. Of course they didn't. So I get back to the car. Nothing's there. I can't get in the car. And I'm like, well, now what am I going to do? So I see kind of a lot of trucks go past. I'm like, ugh, I have a four-year-old with me. Do I really want to flag down a stranger? 
And so I'm like debating, do I call 911 for this? And I'm like, God, you're an ER doctor. That's so stupid. And, uh, and um, eventually, like after a few more minutes, it just, just so happened like an AZ Department of Transport truck comes by. I'm like, oh, sweet. So he, he pulls over, takes down some phone numbers of, of my family, and then drives off because he, he didn't have service either. And he didn't have room in his truck because he had, I don't know why he had so many gadgets in his truck, but the whole, the whole back seat and the front seat were all full. And then eventually this elderly couple shows up because they were going to go play in the snow with their dog. And um, so we'd probably been out there for maybe three hours at that point when they oh showed up. Oh my God, three hours. And uh, yeah, and then they showed up and they were so nice and they, they took us into town. We happened to pass the transport guy in route, flagged him down. He's like, all right, we let your family know. And they took us back to the cabin, which fortunately I left unlocked because nice. yeah. shit, man, what would I have done then? Breaking windows. Uh, <laughs> So fortunately, the kid Izzy was just a trooper. She only had a little bit of, you know, a little crying episode. But this to me was like a 2020 thing. And for sure. fortunately, as soon as you just give up, something awesome happens. This old couple shows up. So no keys. Still no keys. Still no keys. But this elderly couple showed up. They helped me out. And as soon as I'd kind of lost hope that something good was going to happen, something good happened. And I think this segues nicely into our story with Jessica. Right. All right. So let's, without further ado, let's bring Jessica on. Hi, I'm Jessica Evans. Hey, Jessica. Hey, Jessica. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Oh, no problem. So you had an interesting 2020. Tell us a little bit about yourself first, and then we'll get into your story. Okay. Um, I'm an emergency medicine physician. I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, I'm pregnant with our first baby, 39 weeks now, so. Hey, you just gave yeah. away the punchline. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's why we had you on here today. We were excited to hear your story because 2020 sucked for yes. so many, in so many different ways. And we're just kind of trying to look for a, just for bright spots in the, in the haze of badness. And, Yo. and your story touched us and it's a really, really good one. And it's um, really yeah. silver lining for all the, the junk that is happening out there. So we're pretty excited. Yeah. So tell us about your journey on uh, pre-2020 with trying to get pregnant. Uh, well, it started back in, I think, 2009. And I was married at that time and we uh, with someone else. And we were trying to have a baby for about five years. Um, we did a lot of fertility treatments like four rounds of intrauterine insemination, two rounds of in vitro, um, one failed, one was a miscarriage. And then we ended up uh, getting a divorce after that. So kind of put my plans on hold for becoming a mom. Do you feel like uh, that, that contributed to it? Uh, it? It probably did. I mean, it's a lot of stress for a couple to go through. Um, sure. Yeah. That is a lot of stress. My both my sister and my wife's brother's family have been down that kind of same pathway. Luckily, yeah. my my sisters took the first time, but my my brother and sister in law just struggled and struggled uh -oh. until they finally got their babies. It's a lot, a lot of money, a lot of a, a yes. lot of financial costs, and a lot of emotional costs for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. it is. It does take a toll. Um, so, and and we didn't. Um, you know, I had to go through two full rounds of IVF because the first one failed. And that's even harder because then all the injections and everything all over again. So it's hard uh, on your body. Yes. 
So, uh, yeah, so then I put that on hold for a while. Um, and then I met my now husband back in um, 2017. And we were married in 2019. Um, we kind of did an elopement in uh, Glacier National Park, which was fun. Um, and then, yeah, and then we, um, we started trying to have a family right away because we knew, like, with what happened in my past, I just figured it's probably going to be hard to have a family um, for us. And I was 33 then, I guess. So, and you know, women, the older you get, the harder it gets. <laughs> Advanced yeah. maternal age, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> right. So um, we started trying right away. And then um, we just went straight to in vitro fertilization. Um, and we did that in January of 2020 and uh had a miscarriage unfortunately at seven weeks and again had yeah and we didn't have any embryos to freeze um so again it was looking at a whole another round of ivf um which we were planning on doing in april and then covid hit and um they considered it an elective procedure so they said you're not allowed to have that at that point, um, are you were you still thirty three or are you thirty four by then? I just I just turned thirty four in April. So now you're and sitting so, at yeah thirty four just about, and you look you're looking ahead, and it might not be another year, so you can even try. So now you hit that magic number of thirty five, where everyone gets a little more worried. Yes, exactly. And I just felt like it's already like a waiting game, the whole process of just an IVF because it's like multiple months go into it. And then to be like, no, well, we're going to delay it. And we don't know when right. we'll be able to do it because um, who knows what's going to happen with COVID. Um, so that was, that was hard to hear. It was pretty, I mean, it was, it was heartbreaking for us because it was like, I don't know when we're going to get the chance. And I didn't think it was possible to get pregnant naturally for me. So sure. I'm um, sure that yeah. part of you still was carrying the burden from your first marriage too, where that was something that hung over you guys. And now you're sitting at this kind of position where you don't know what's going to happen going forward you know That's right yeah so it was pretty difficult um but then and, and uh so i do have i have lupus too so it makes ivf a little more difficult because i have to be on like steroids for three months leading up to it wow. and they were talking about like ivig infusions and like all this extra oh. stuff and um and then it was like well we don't know when we're gonna do it again i've been on steroids for almost a year and and i was not happy with you know being on the steroids and it was like when when do i go off them when do i come back on them um so for, we for non-medical people listening what kind of side effects were you getting for steroids because we know what they are but yeah people. yeah so i mean the main side effect that i was getting was a lot of weight gain um which was uh, upsetting for me because also if you're doing IVF and trying to have a baby, you want to be your healthiest possible um, to increase your odds. So it was, uh, yeah, difficult. So, and um, I didn't want to like get dependent on the steroids either. Sure. And, yeah. Were you on so, high dose steroids or low dose? Just like um, it was, dose? it was just 10 mil, it was 10 milligrams a day. So it was a lower oh. dose. Um, but they still like in order for me to wean off of it was a long process. They like had me go down nine milligrams, eight milligrams, like yeah. <laughs> ten milligram a week, and I'm like, this is crazy. 
babying those adrenal glands. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then we decided, well, we'll try again for maybe August. We were hoping that COVID would get better over the summer. Um, I was you know, told that, that it was going to be gone by Easter. Yeah. <laughs> I was told I know. it was gone by the election, so yeah. I at least had the later date. <laughs> well, they were like, at that time, they were saying like, oh, maybe the summer heat and sun is going to kill it or so whatever. Much. Yeah. <laughs> so we were like, well, we'll try again for August. So um, that gave me enough time to kind of like wean off the steroids for like a month. And then I had to go back on them. Um, and then it was, it was in May and I had gone back on my steroids and we were getting ready to like set up the appointments and everything leading up. And I was late for my cycle and I was like, what is happening? I, I got so angry. I was like, this is going to ruin everything. And my husband was like, you should just take a test. Um, I, I know I laughed in his face when he said that to me because I was like, I'm not pregnant. I can't um, get pregnant. Yeah, exactly. But so the next morning I woke up and I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll just test just in case before I call my doctor and yell at them about this. Um, so I took the test and I like kind of threw it by the trash even. I was like, nah, like I'll check it later. And then I went back and checked it and it was positive. And I, yeah, so I started like screaming and yelling and he was, my husband was still asleep and I woke him up. He was like, what's happening? So what was that it was first hot when you saw that. Um, I mean, I didn't believe it. I was just like stared at it for a minute. Like, no, <laughs> this isn't right. <laughs> this dates and, back 11 years now of time. Yeah, exactly. It, so it's, I'm sure it's, you were overwhelmed with joy initially, but I bet there was a lot of like trepidation too, because your mind space had to have been, this isn't going to work out. I'm going to miscarry this baby. Oh. last, right? Yeah, it did. Actually, the whole first trimester went by very slowly because like every day it was like, okay, this is, this might be the day like that I have a miscarriage or, you know, like if, you know, I wasn't having a lot of symptoms. So I was like, okay, like this isn't going to stick. We went in, um, like I, I have had the same OB for, you know, the whole time. So she's been with me through it all. And I messaged her that morning, like, I got a positive pregnancy test. She's like, come in and we'll just do a blood test. And it was positive, um, obviously. But um, then they had me come in the next week for an ultrasound. And on the ultrasound, um, they didn't see a baby yet. They only saw the sack. And I was right. like, oh, no, um, like, this didn't really work. Um, <laughs> so we were, like, pretty nervous. And then they had us come back, like, two weeks later. Um, and and that point we were like very very nervous walking in because i was like we have to see a heartbeat you know by this appointment or you know it didn't work um but we did see a heartbeat at that appointment so nice. that was very that exciting felt awesome yeah mm -hmm. it sucks when you're on the medical side because we know yes you know what we're looking for you know a doctor <laughs> can't bullshit us and like and make yeah. us like it's gonna be okay let's just check we know exactly what we're looking for exactly what we, and what we expect yeah yeah too much knowledge can be dangerous uh, mm -hmm. I think, especially mm -hmm. in the ER, we're all a little bit more on the the pessimistic side too, with all the yes. that we see. Yeah, so I, I was the same way when we had our our kiddos. Is like any any flip in the road was oh sh you know it's over you know. So I, I <laughs> too. Yes, 
definitely. I actually got a, um, I have one of those portable ultrasounds. Yeah, but oh, no. you got a butterfly. <laughs> I, got yeah, so yeah. I got one of those and I was checking like every single day. <laughs> like, is yeah. the baby still in there? <laughs> yeah. uh, so. Probably got a little obsessive, yeah? Yeah, probably. But it made me feel, it calmed me down a lot, I think. And then once I started feeling her move at 20 weeks, like I, I didn't feel the need to like ultrasound and do all that anymore. Right. That feeling had to be incredible for you. Yeah, yeah, it is. So every time she moves, it's like, it's a really cool feeling. <laughs> so now you're sitting pregnant. This is like your most cherished thing you've ever, you know, desired. And now you're working mm -hmm. as an ER doc in the middle of a pandemic with so much oh, yeah. known going on. So where did your mind space go there? Oh, I mean, I was scared every day I went into work. You know, I was extremely nervous, like not, I mean, not only was I pregnant, so I'm put in maybe a higher risk category there, but also I have lupus, which is an autoimmune disease, which makes me even more likely to get like bad reaction. Um, so, I mean, every, every day I went to work, I was, I was fearful. Uh, I'm not going to lie, but I sure. took everyone, everyone I work with knows that I took extra precautions. Like I'm the person who I wiped down everything. I didn't let anyone touch my workstation. I wore an N95 goggles my entire shift. I didn't take them off. You know, and then even on top of that, I had like another face mask with a shield and um, <laughs> yeah, and I always wore gloves. And then if I was doing anything, I put on this like helmet thing with like a, a gown. Um, so I was pretty extreme, but it worked. <laughs> so well, if you, have you were ready for you were ready for Ebola. It sounds like. <laughs> yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that would be terrifying. I, I don't know about Brandon, but I, I spent the first three months of 2020 basically in this doom and gloom mode. I was like, well, I'm dead. Like, this yeah. is going to kill me. I live in it every day. I am not what you just described. It is hard. I have a difficult time maintaining that intense vigilance when it comes to protecting myself. And, mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, back in the old days, I used to smoke cigarettes and I had not always lived the cleanest life. And I was like, I'm, I'm screwed. This is it. And my wife mm -hmm. was like, you have got to get over this. I cannot imagine being on lupus, having lupus and having prednisone on board. Just, shit, just the prednisone. Yeah. Um, and then carrying a baby inside of you that is like totally, they're always precious cargo. But this was like, you wanted to guard that thing like Fort Knox, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Did your uh, was... did the people you work with kind of rally behind you and, and take some of the, the burden? Or were you kind of still left to, to do all the dirty work? Um, well, I'm the night shift doctor, so I work alone. <laughs> um, there were, there are some shifts like at our busier trauma center where I like overlap someone else for like a couple hours. So there were times when like the other person would be like, oh, this person's clearly COVID, like I'll take it, um, from you, which was nice. But for the most part, I mean, I worked nights, so I was by myself and I just had to see everyone. Um, but our hospital was like pretty good about, they had, um, like these iPads in every room. So like I would go in and assess the patient and like order my stuff, but then I wouldn't necessarily have to go back in the room because I could use the iPad and just communicate to them the results unless I needed right. you know, to do a procedure or something. So that helped, um, also. And then my nurses, um, and respiratory therapists were like really great. They really stressed to all my patients, like, our doctor's pregnant, so you need to make sure your mask is over your nose. Yeah, you good. 
has it under their nose. Like, so they would, they really made sure that all the patients I went in were prepared before I went in. Yeah, that's cool. So what have you, uh, what have you done here to, to get prepared? Uh, your, your big days tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I had like a really long list of stuff I had to get done beforehand. Um, and I think I got it all done. So, I mean, you know, the nursery and the packing bags and stuff. And hi on my list was getting both of my COVID shots before she came. And I got that. That was a, of, that was a question uh, that we get asked. I, I assume you all, all get asked that a lot. I get text messages every day. Hey, I'm breastfeeding. Should I? Hey, I'm pregnant. Should I? Uh, mm -hmm. So it's good. You got it. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I that's, uh, that's my default answer as well. I think that the risk of the illness to your pregnancy or to your baby is probably much higher than that of the shot itself. So. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, that's what I figure. And I kind of, I was really wanting the second shot in with enough time to get the antibodies going. Cause I really want mm. some of those antibodies to cross the placenta, maybe give her some passive immunity for a little while. So yeah, that'd be cool. You get that. How long are you going to take off work with the baby? Well, I'm taking off three months. Oh, good. Yeah. And I got the first shot. I got December 23rd. And then the second shot I got, uh, what's today? I got a week ago Sunday, so All I right. should be like pretty well in that window. You've got you're a superwoman now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hmm? Are we having a boy or a girl? Oh, Brandon, you just went away. Huh? Did you say something? I said we just said the same thing that she's superwoman. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm having a girl. You having a little girl? Awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm a girl. He's a he's a girl dad. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. You got a name picked out yet? Adeline. Adeline. That's sweet. Mm -hmm. The little Addie to start. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. How so what about your husband? How's your husband been throughout this whole mess? Because you must have, you know, frankly, you had to have been a little bit of a nightmare. You seem very sweet. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> I, but you had, like, I, I don't know. I don't know that uh, I would have wanted to live in your house through all this. No. That's, you I mean, yeah, have to so... be rough, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's non-medical. He's an accountant. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah, so he's yeah, he's been really good though, because he everything I tell him, like he takes it very seriously too, which is nice. But yeah, we don't let anyone in our home or anything. And <laughs> like, right when I get home from work, I like decon in the garage and stuff. Um, but he's been working from home basically the whole time which is nice. And then they just a couple months ago, I think started going back like one or two days a week, but it's like, they all go back on different days. So they're not like in the office on the same day, which is nice. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'm sure he's sick of me. Like <laughs> you, can't, you can't do this. You can't do that. Like germs. Right. <laughs> like, let me spray you with Lysol. <laughs> For sure. Um, but yeah. yeah, he's been very supportive though. Yeah. Well, that is such a, it's such a cool story. I, w I, I would, I could spend like three hours just talking to you about like your crazy times, but we're not going to mm -hmm. keep you because uh, I'm sure it got ugly. I don't know if you put it out there, but uh, it, had been a, it had to have been a terrifying and exhausting journey. So by the mm -hmm. time we actually put this thing together, you're probably going to be home from the hospital with Adeline and that's going to yeah. be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, you'll have to send us an updated picture. Mm -hmm. um, question though, it's funny because we're 
pragmatic ER docs, we don't look at things in, in like the, the ter- you know, the term miracle we all kind of laugh at, but this is like in that realm, right? It's like 11 years of trying, yeah. failing. We have this big pandemic that is just brutal in pretty much every aspect, you know, of your life. And then this Adeline pops in. It's just. Yeah. I do consider her our miracle baby. Not to, right? Because I mean, that's not a term that, you know, us as scientists throw around. But like, no. There's something there to that one. Well, yeah. I mean, I was told um, since I started trying, it was going to be impossible for me to have a kid on my own without IVF. So. And then, like, even with IVF, we were having, you know, I was having miscarriages, and then the rest of the embryos were dying before we could even freeze them, so it was... Oh, is that, is that what was happening? I was wondering, yeah. yeah. So they just weren't surviving the process. No. Yeah, and, and it was like we were throwing everything, they were throwing everything at me, you know, the steroids, I was on Lovenox, so the blood thinner for a while, and um, the IVIG infusions, like, everything you can think of, and it was not working very well and then it was like I stopped all that stuff I was I had started back on the steroids so I was on that but um I had stopped everything else and then it just happened your your body just said screw it I'll give you a baby if you'll stop messing with me please please stop putting this shit in me (laughs) so you're already planning on your second and third kid then I guess you're gonna go right back in (laughs) yeah well, hopefully, I said if I could do this naturally, I'd have a lot more kids, but we'll see. Right. The IVF is hard. I don't I know more times I would do that. Yeah. I you bet. This pandemic, you get pregnant, you don't have a lot of stress relief at work, you have a lot of stuff going on at home. For our listeners that are in maybe a similar position, pregnant, COVID, what did you do to kind of keep yourself centered, keep yourself the stress levels down? that's not obviously good for pregnancy and someone that is yeah. in your position. What did you do? Um, I did work out uh, throughout my entire pregnancy. Uh, I think the last time I worked out was at um, like when I hit 38 weeks, I kind of stopped because I started having a lot more like Rex and Hicks contractions and I didn't want her to come before my second shot. So um, <laughs> yeah, but so I did work out throughout the whole thing and that kind of helped get rid of some stress and I wasn't like going crazy or anything but like short runs or walks and yoga um I did a stationary bike and things like that helped um and then we did a lot of like projects around the house or like games or puzzles or things like that to just keep us busy um which also helped that's great Mm-hmm. That's great. That's a smart way, as opposed to a lot of people who are just drinking too much bourbon and watching too much TV. So, right. Yeah. Sounds well, the, the bourbon wasn't an option for me. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so question real fast. I should have asked this prior. Did you have any hesitancy at all with the vaccine? Um, at first I did uh, before, like back in November, I remember they were saying like, we're going to have it in December. And I even like, you know, emailed my boss or however you want to call him and was like hey are they gonna force us to get this vaccine because like (laughs) I don't know about this yet um so but then after like when it started to come out I I read through the papers and stuff for I thought we were gonna get Pfizer at first so I was I was researching Pfizer a ton and then we actually got Moderna so I had to go back and like go through that um 
and I talked it over with my OB. I have, because of my lupus, I have a high risk OB, so I talked it over with her. Um, we talked it over with the infectious disease uh, guy at my hospital system. And then my dad, who's also an ER doctor and has a PhD in immunology. I talked it over awesome. with him. <laughs> yeah, so, like all those people combined were like, yeah, like, I, I mean, like, if you think about the science behind it, like, it should not do anything bad. Right. Like, it's tricking your body into making these antibodies. Um, and with your risks, it makes more sense to get the vaccine, even though it wasn't studied in pregnant women. Um, but so I decided that it would be better to get it. Um, and I actually did. Uh, I am in a couple studies for pregnant women getting the oh, vaccine, good. just some stuff like they send me like a thing every day to fill out like about my symptoms and how I'm doing. Um, so, but yeah, it was well, pretty great. happy. But then maternal fetal medicine, ACOG and ACIP are all came out and said they thought that it would be safe in breastfeeding in pregnant women too. So sure. So for all of our listeners, even, even our non-pregnant listeners and people just who may have questions or are scared or they're getting bullshit information from Facebook and things like that. Mm -hmm. Jessica had like access that very few people have. She talked to mm -hmm. like the big experts um, yeah. and came to her decision in a very educated manner. Cause I think a lot of us started out a little hesitant on this. Just, we were mm -hmm. like, what, this is so fast. What the hell? Uh, yeah. The, the more I read about the vaccine, it's so elegant. Like it's really, yeah. it's pretty exciting. And uh, you know, uh, so I'm glad that I'm glad that you got that. You can be a face for people to do the right thing. So mm -hmm. Hunter's behind you. Tell him we say hello. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Tried to sneak. It's okay. He he snuck down to the basement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we won't keep you too much longer. So you can go enjoy your last few hours of of uh, childless house. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. appreciate you coming on. Yeah, Jessica, yeah, it was really nice to meet you. Congratulations. So uh, you've got the, you've got a great 2020 story. So yeah, thank 2020, you. 2021 is looking up then. Yes, we're yeah. very excited. <laughs> All awesome. right. Take care. Awesome. Good well, congratulations. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, keep me updated. Thanks for talking. Okay, bye. Yeah. All right, I get it. We left you on a little bit of a cliffhanger here. Jessica was heading into her C-section the next day, and I'm sure we're all really wondering how the C-section went and how the little baby's doing and how Jessica and her husband's life has changed. Fortunately for you, you're in luck. Hi, it's Jessica Evans. Just wanted to give everyone a quick update. I'm here with my husband, Hunter, and our baby daughter, Adeline. Adeline was born on January 27th as planned. She's a happy and healthy little baby girl. We were able to go home two days afterwards, and we're still adjusting to life at home. It's a little less sleep than we're used to, but we wouldn't trade that for anything in the world. She is a very cuddly and snuggly little baby. Um, it's very surreal for me to have her in my arms after you know, 11 years of wishing and praying for this, and then nine months of us preparing for this. It's still unbelievable that she's here with us now. Um, so 2021 is definitely looking up for us, and we hope that it's looking up for everyone else out there too. Take care. Thank you for tuning in for the second episode of the Burnt Podcast. This was an awesome story with Jessica. If you are at all interested in hearing what podcasting with my four-year-old sounds like, I've got a treat for you.
Otherwise, please hit subscribe, give us a rating and a comment. We'd love to know how we can continue to get better as we're learning how to do this as we go. Thanks, guys. Yeah, better to be doing nothing and, and be bored. Um, sure. So we just had a an adventure that probably belongs in, in 2020. And by saying we, I mean me and my four-year-old who's over there making a whole bunch of noise. Izzy, come here, sweetie. Come, come say what happened. She wants me to say. All right, you come here, come sit with me. Um, so I took my four-year-old up north for a little daddy-daughter vacation and we were gonna go sledding because there's a whole bunch of snow up here. And so we're driving along the, the road trying to figure out a, a place that we can, um, hold on. Break. All right, I'm just gonna start over. All right, so me and uh, Izzy, he's my four-year-old, we decided we're gonna You want to hop back on during nap time? Did she take a nap? Hold on. Take three.